these boys still playing. Start the show. Just start, start the show. show. <laughs> you are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome Texas fans across the nation, Locked On Texas listeners and viewers to this Sunday episode, Victory Sunday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Literally, it's been every day. <laughs> every day, and why? Because the Texans continue to win. And oh man! Ahead in the playoffs after their forty-five to fourteen victory, second time around against the Cleveland Browns. Thank you to our first-time listeners. If this is your first time checking out the show, please subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast. And to all of our returning listeners, thank you for coming back as Cody and I continue to talk Texans on this blessed Sunday. Shout out to mm. CJ. We talking about. You know, you know, up top, but also CJ Shroud on today's episode. We are talking about who Houston may play next. Will they play the former, maybe two time MVP, or will they play the former Super Bowl champ last year, Kansas City and Baltimore or Kansas City? We look at the offense and CJ Stroud breaking record breaking performance, but we open up today's show looking at the defense. And before we talk about the show, gotta let you guys know that the this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Now, Cody, we're going to talk about defense, mm-hmm. but before we talk about the defense, before we talk about CJ, before we talk about anything, please walk us through what the energy in the NRG Stadium was like Saturday night. NRG Stadium. Is back after three long years, John. Listeners and viewers, the energy, the electricity, mm. the love, the mm. support, mm. everything that was missing over the last three seasons was back. To understand how great that atmosphere once again look i I know i tweeted this late saturday night because i had to get it off my chest and i'm going to say it again shout out to all of the texans fans absolutely because john and myself we've been on this journey with you guys and we understand y'all have endured a lot of heartbreaking pain and frustration but i am so happy for texans nation battle red nation whatever you want to call yourselves man Y'all deserve this. Shout out to you guys. And to understand how great the energy and the support and the fans were inside NRG Stadium Saturday night, just take a look at this video. Did you see that? Wow. Did you see that? And that particular scene that you guys saw came after Christian Harris recorded the second consecutive pick six for the Houston (laughs) Texans to put them ahead 38 
14, John, I think that is the perfect transition to start taking a look at this Absolutely. defense because this defense came out and showed out in front of everybody. And the one thing that we all have been harping on last week was the fact that this is a defense that's going to be a lot more healthier. And this is a defense after seeing and watching how the Cleveland Browns like to play, they are definitely going to put together a defensive plan to make sure that they do not get embarrassed for a second consecutive game. Now, this is a situation where you take a look at Amari Cooper, who had a record-breaking performance on Christmas Eve. Saturday night, they held Amari Cooper to only four catches for 59 yards. Joe Flacco, a guy who has been on, I think somebody said on Twitter, uh, a Lynn Sanity type of run, and I think I will agree because what he did ever since the Cleveland Browns signed him as their starting quarterback was phenomenal, to say the least. However, they held him to 307 yards. However, majority of those yards did come once the game was already in hand for the Houston garbage Texas, man. Time. Garbage <laughs> Look, time. They had, garbage they had an opportunity time. to get four sacks on Joe Flacco. And look, I can yeah. point out almost every single player on the defensive side of the ball. It didn't matter if he was a star like Will Anderson Jr. or you was a guy like DAC, DeAndre Houston Carson, who came in midway through the season and made sure that he helped his team with some depth. Everybody on that defensive side of the ball stepped up and made an impact on defense. However, my guy, John, you're going to love this. And I think might be, I, I don't want to say MVP because I think that could be separated into at least four different players. But one of the most impactful players in this game was Christian Harris. Yeah. I love what I saw yeah. from him. Hey, look, yeah. look, he he played well on all three levels. Eight tackles, two tackles for loss, one sack, one pass deflection, and his first career interception ended up being a pick six. That young man played phenomenal, and he is one of the guys that I love to see have this type of moment because, John, remember, at the start of the season, we was actually actually wondering, you know, hey, what's going on with Christian Harris? You know, he doesn't seem like the guy that ended off his rookie season pretty promising. And you saw slowly but surely he started to get it. And look, throughout this whole entire season, I've been on record and I still believe this by saying that Blake Cashman has been this team best linebacker. And I still believe this to this day. But for the very first time this season, Christian Harris was the best linebacker for the Houston Texans. I understand he had, what, like three or four games throughout the season where he had 10 or more tackles, but I prefer and love the impact that he had because he was one of the top guys that set an early defensive tone for this team. You know, when we talk about the defense, right, we, we are definitely going to highlight the back-to-back pick sixes. sixes. We're mm-hmm. going to highlight – because I want to talk about how the defense – was able to hold because I asked a friend of mine, and I'm going to ask you guys, what's more impressive, putting 45 up on the number one defense in the NFL or holding this team, which has been red hot, and the last time you played them, they put 30 on your head to 14 points and zero points in the second half. Zero points in the second half. So what's more impressive? Both sides of the ball were impressive, but defensively, we're going to highlight Steven Nelson pick six, 86 yards to the house. And Steven Nelson, I think he needed that moment, right? Christian Harris, again, right after that, he goes and he reads that stick route to perfection. 
kind of Bates, if you go back and watch that play, Bates Joe Flacco into that throw because at the, when that ball snapped, Christian Harris is reading his eyes, but he isn't overly pursuing, and he waits until the ball is in the air to break on the ball. He takes that to the house. We're going to highlight Derek Barnett, who was good for Houston. Will Anderson, who got a sack. John Grenard, his first game back. And on that Will Anderson sack, if you look at that play, John Grenard with an awesome club rush beats the offensive lineman hands down to get around him. And he barely misses, and I mean barely misses Joe Flacco, but Will Anderson cleans him up. We can highlight all of these guys. I mean, I think the D tackles played great. I think, again, the edge rushes played great. But on social media, 24 hours before the game, the conversation started. Once again, who is the best cornerback out of Derek Stingley? And oh, Lord. Here we go. <laughs> and, and this week, Cody, what did I say? I hate to be this guy. I hate to be the what did I say, guys, but mm-hmm. Texas fans, listeners, and viewers. Mm-hmm. I knew without a shadow of a doubt this man had the talent to do that. We talked. We said, what are the five things Houston could do? And I said, you know what? I know it's not what they necessarily do, but they may need to go ahead and shadow Amari Cooper. Yeah, They yep. may need to put Stingley on Amari Cooper. And by the way, conversation. I'm sorry to cut you off. But look, by the way, D'Amico Ryan said they do not shadow. I just wanted to throw that in there really quick. I said that. I talked to my boy and I said, hey, listen, in order to take away Cleveland's impact player, Amari Cooper, on that offense, because they don't have no other receiver to do that. Nobody else is going to put up 256 from Houston in their receiver room. I think Derek Skilly needs to shadow Amari uh, Cooper at least 80% of the time. Well, check this out. Derek Stingley Jr., this is according to Next Gen Stats. Derek Stingley Jr. aligned across Amari Cooper 35 of 42 routes, 83.3% uh, before the Texans sent in the backups. Stingley allowed one catch for negative six yards on three targets as the nearest defender, including on two tight windows. And when I tell you guys, average target of separation was 0.7, so he couldn't even get open on it. He wasn't even getting open on him. I think that when you look at what Houston was able to do defensively Saturday night against a Cleveland Browns team that they have some understanding of. Again, I, I thought this was kind of like a, a divisional game, right? We, we played you one time. We knew what you, what, what you did good and what you didn't do good the first time. Now we have an opportunity in season to make the adjustments. Putting Stingley on Amari Cooper, I think, was phenomenal because – Ninjoku, he's going to get his. You can allow him to pick his up, but that offense really moves when Amari Cooper is taking over. And once he was taken out of the game from a game plan standpoint, from from matchup standpoint, from Derek Singley doing what he had to do and take him off of his route and not allow him to get open, I think defensively everybody else was just able to play their role and do their job. And Mm. he did a very good job of not allowing the Cleveland Browns to do a couple of things. They didn't convert on fourth, fourth downs or four or fourth downs. Uh, they were seven or 19 total on the day in terms of converting downs, combining third and fourth downs. And a lot of those conversions came early in the game. Houston did a very good job throughout the game uh, of not allowing them to convert on third downs. Uh, 4.6 yards per play. This is what Houston held that offense to. When you look at Houston, 5.4 yards per pass, uh, 2.8 yards per rush. Um, they got down to the red zone only two times, guys. They were only in the red zone twice. You know when that happened? In the first half. 
This was a defense that completely took away what that team did well, and that was the deep shot. So overall, that's why we had to open up with the defense, defense, mm. defense, right? It's kind of like Beyonce Child and Destiny, Bills, Bills, Bills. <laughs> Can you play defense? Can you stop my defense? <laughs> I did think you do. And they did. It took away the deep shots, and I think that is what held their offense in check because they were not able to take those shots down the field. And you know why? The pressure up front, they were also always in um, Joe Flacco's Flacco. face. And Flacco was able to do what? Here, here's the ball. Here you go. <laughs> take it. I, I don't want it. Here's two. Here's another one. Back mm-hmm. to back. Take it. And mm-hmm. they took it to the house. Uh, Christian Harris, Stephen Nelson. This was the D'Amico Ryan's legacy game. I'm glad that you said that because, John, the only reason why I wanted to get that in there to to, to revisit D'Amico's statement, how his defense do not shadow anybody, once again, it showcased why and how the Houston Texans have a coaching staff that can make changes and adjustments in order to, one, play up to the strength of their players, and two, make the necessary adjustments to win the game. By the way, to understand how dominating this defense was, after the Cleveland Browns went up 14-10, to 10, this is what the Houston Texans defense did for the rest of the game. Punt, punt, there was halftime, pick six, pick six, turnover on down, turnover on down, turnover on down. The Houston Texans closed out this game on a 35 to nothing run after the game this That's is how a type numbers it literally listen this, this is this is this is you know golden state kd type of numbers but after the game this is what coach D'Amico ryan's had to say about the win <laughs> no i didn't just thankful again for just gracious man we're blessed our team is special uh god has blessed us tremendously and we're giving him all the glory honor and praise for where we are what this team has done for CJ to go to have the game that he had, unbelievable performance by a rookie. Uh, it was just outstanding by everybody. So proud of our guys in the locker room. I knew they were ready on Tuesday. They were focused, they were locked in, and they went out and put the work in. Cleveland's a really good team. We had a tough matchup and our guys fought, 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 made plays we needed to make to win the game and really just thankful, grateful for everybody in the locker room. You shouldn't have to worry about when you're going to buy tickets to your next big Texas game now or any event, sports, comedy, theater events, music, whatever it is. Don't be out there worrying, right? Rest your precious head. Do not worry because game time has you covered with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seats. And the best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They're easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. The lowest price guarantee, event case, cancellation protection, job loss protection. Who has job loss protection? America don't even really have that. So, like, game time is ahead of the curve. My favorite app to buy tickets from. With zone deals, you can pick the section and game time picks the seats. For big time savings again, who wouldn't want that saving, saving, savings? You can say you can save uh, nearly twenty percent, and the game time guarantee means if you find a price that's better somewhere else in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you one hundred ten percent of the difference. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. 
Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code, locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Victory Sunday installment of Locked On Texans. Your Houston Texans are still playing in mid-January. Can you believe it? And can you also believe that tight end Brevin Jordan set the tone and the momentum that began the Texans' 35 to nothing run to close the game. We already know what took place early in the second quarter. First play of the game, CJ Stroud connects with Brevin Jordan for a 76 yard touchdown reception. 76, if I'm not mistaken. 76. And let me tell you about that play, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So the entire game. Outside of that QB sweep, which I thought was a terrible play call, uh, <laughs> I, I hated that. But we're gonna highlight Bobby. But on that play, man, what you know what really helped that play? Brevin Jordan did a great job of holding his block mm-hmm. until it was that it was a very good blocking release. CJ found him, and I think for the first time we saw Brevin Jordan in his four five speed, mm-hmm. and he stayed in bounds. Brevin Jordan. <laughs> Will run out of bounds quickly. But shout out to BJ Nine, man, because just just seeing him put it all together on that play. I'm a block. Hold my man. Okay, one, two. They baiting down. Boom. I'm out. I'm out. They did a very good job of blocking downfield. I didn't mean to cut you off, but oh no, you good, Brevin Jordan. <laughs> uh just happy for him. And and Brevin Jordan is the perfect example as to why every single guy who stepped out there on the field inside NRG Stadium made a difference in this game. And another thing that I love most about that play with Brevin Jordan, man, you guys know I've been on the Brevin Jordan train ever since they drafted him because I saw potential in that young man. And look, once again, when you go back to training camp, he was one of them guys that we was talking about whether or not he was going to be on the bubble. And there was some some people that was genuinely surprised that he actually made the initial 53-man roster. But to watch Bourbon Jordan's growth throughout this whole entire season, especially everything that he had to overcome over the last two years, um, especially in his sophomore campaign, he actually talked about after the game how hard um, last year was in general. He said, this time last year, I had just started my vacation, and now here we are moving on to the AFC divisional round of the playoffs man it was that moment right there was just a phenomenal play for the texans this is what coach D'Amico ryan's had to say not only about the impact of bourbon jordan but what it was like watching him run what was it that four what that that four four five that that four resulted five in eating that oxygen on the sideline by the way he was tired he was <laughs> out and, of it and and a random drug test by the league i just want to throw that in there man he turned the wheels off he turned them on and he took off and I think everybody was running right down the sideline side with him. And Brevin has done an awesome job and no play bigger, you know, his career than that play today. That was that was that was head coach D'Amico Ryan's talking about <clears throat> the impact and the feel around that 76 yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanna I wanna I gotta give Bobby Slug some credit here, who mm-hmm. by the way has been interviewing for jobs. And uh after after Saturday night's performance, uh 
Somebody finna throw the bag at him, <laughs> as the kids like to say. But right right after the Houston got down to the to the five yard line or whatever the case is, they had the shovel. This is the pass the, the uh sequence. The shovel, the shovel pass, I was okay with that play call. The QB sweep, I hated that play call. And then uh I want to say an out route that was thrown to Robert Woods that resulted in incomplete. Houston goes up 3-0 at that point. And I was like, Bobby, come on, let's 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 not do this. Hmm. But for the rest of the game, man, I sat back and I'm watching because I'm thinking to myself, how are they going at this defense right now? And as I'm watching it, I'm noticing number one, Larry Tunsil completely take away, took away hmm. Miles Garrett. Like, let's talk about it. And by the way, guys, it's what maybe some of y'all may not know, or may, like you saw it, Larry go down and he got up. He's like, I'm fine. I'm good. He can continue to play. He continue to dominate. This was Larry scary, Tussle by the Larry Tussle has been dealing with a knee issue all year. And and he went out there and completely took away Miles Garrett. So your defensive player of the year candidate was not a factor in this game, right? The offensive line as a whole allowed how many sacks? None. Zero. None. A goose egg. And I think a large part is due to Bobby Slug did a very good job, whether it was running the ball or putting the ball in the air. They did a very good job of attacking this Cleveland defense with some misdirection and getting a lot of these plays out on the edge, right, and and, and attacking the edge of that defense. The play that uh, the Dalton Schultz touchdown, and Dalton Schultz made up for the drop pass that he had early in the game. Mm-hmm. On that drive, 70 yards came from misdirection or plays that attacked the edge of that defense. We saw John Mechie. We saw John Mechie. Finally, he had a, had a very good game for Houston and Xavier Hutchinson too. And Xavier Hutchinson, he got in on the on the action as well. Um, Noah Brown went down, and John Mechie really stepped up in his game. Right, had a twenty-seven mm-hmm. yard completion. But we saw a wraparound, a sweep for John Mechie. We saw some misdirection play action passes. We saw some passes. Go out on the edge. They did a very good job of making sure. We, we know we probably can't beat y'all heads up. North to south, that's in favor of the Cleveland Browns. And so what Bobby did, especially on that drive, you saw it clear as day, we're going to get the ball out on the edge. And on that 37-yard touchdown to Dalton Schultz, that play action, roll out, that helped the defense come down, roll them out, so maybe there's a play. We got a man maybe that's coming to, you know, coming to drag across on that side, Dalton Schultz did a very good job of running his route out, cutting back in, uh, seemingly looking like a post corner, uh, a post route, excuse me. I got to go back and watch. But that misdirection really helped disguise what the intent of that play was. And that was for that entire drive, 70 yards. I'll go back and I watch that drive and throughout the game, and I said to myself, Bobby Slug, this was a game plan that I hadn't seen consistently for four quarters since the Pittsburgh Steelers game. Mm. And he did a very good job of neutralizing that front four. And for Cleveland, if that front four isn't dominating, then that back seven, that's the secondary, they're not going to feast on you like that. You saw C.J. Stroud have a record-breaking performance. He went out there on a day through four in his first game as a rookie in the playoffs, 274, three TDs, zero sacks. A passer rating of 157, a QBR of 94, 98.4. <laughs> and that's all due to the Texans O-line taking away the Cleveland Browns' best attribute. And that is 
that front four. And Bobby Slug had a lot to do with neutralizing that, and, and especially, again, getting out on the edge. Like, when, when I talk about getting out on the edge, the play action, the hit Nico Collins, right, for the touchdown, guess who's out on the edge running the blocking and getting guys out the way? Larry Tunsil. Hmm. Completely, completely thrilled, Cody. I hate to take up a lot of this time, no, but I was good. just sitting back in <laughs> awe and watching to myself how the game plan, it seemed like, he waited his whole season, Bobby Slug. He waited his whole season to do this. But a lot of these plays offensively, the um, the uh, Devin Singletary run, attack the edge. The Nico Collins touchdown on the edge. The Dalton Schultz got that out because the misdirection, rolling out on the edge, finding him back the opposite way. The Brevin Jordan on the edge. They did a good job of game plan and sticking to the game plan. Devin Singletary got in on the mix. He ran the ball um, 13 times, 5.1 yards per carry, 66 yards, one TD. The Houston Texans offense had one, two, three, four. They had five yard, five plays, excuse me, of 25 or more yards on the day. They were the one controlling the tempo. They were the one getting those big plays downfield, whether it was in the air or on the ground. They were the one all week we talked about who else and how else they can get guys involved. And we completely counted out John Mitchie. They were the mm. one getting guys involved offensively. Bobby Slork was amazing. C.J. Stroud was amazing. Three TDs, could have had four. Nico Collins, if he would have kept running, would have caught that in stride for his second TD of the day. And by the way, we got to continue to give Nico Collins his praise. Why? Because of his six completions, six catches, five were against in coverage. <laughs> five. And against those in those five targets, 81 yards completion. Nico Collins caught. Uh, 5.2 receptions over expected against man coverage during the regular season. Most fourth most in the NFL that continued for the Houston Texans Saturday night. He continues to give man defenses, man corners problems. Uh, he's doing a very good job of operating and getting open using his body. He's doing a very good job of running after the catch. Again, I am not spending $25 million for another wide receiver that is not in this Houston Texan jersey already because Nico Collins has went out there and balled out this year and showed you guys I am a number one wide receiver. I need a time. I need a quarterback. And he's beating man coverages. He's beating zone coverages. He's beating whatever coverage you throw out there with CJ Stroud as his quarterback. That was a dominant offensive performance. Of the 45 points, 31 came from the offense. The playoffs, NFL playoffs, is here, guys. And it's time to get in on the action. It's time it's to still have playing. Fun. And for Texans fans that like to bet some of these over-unders or parlays on the Houston Texans, we're still here. And it's time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in your pocket. Bonus bets, win or lose. The app is easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet, like same game, live same game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub best way to find popular parlays and much more so visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first better layup fanduel the official partner of the nfl
Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. Cody, the Cinderella team in the Houston Texans, they still got the slippers on. Mm. The helmet's still on. <laughs> the jersey's still on. The glove's still on. The knee pad's still on. The pants still on. The mouth guard's still on. So I don't even think players wear mouth guards no more. Or knee pads. <laughs> uh, unless you're a big guy, you ain't wearing no knee pads. Uh, the cleat's still on. The socks still on. The headset is still on. Mm. The play sheet's still on. Mm. And for this Cinderella team, the slipper is still on. The clock mm. ain't strike 12 yet. Mm. It ain't midnight. Hey, hey, hey. You said the gloves still on. You know, the gloves, the gloves still, still on. on. <laughs> the clock ain't strike 12 yet. They are still the prettiest team in the playoffs right now, led by rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, Jamie Ryans. By the way, guys. This is only the fourth time in NFL history, dating back to 1945, where a rookie head coach mm. and a rookie quarterback has won a playoff game in their first go-round. The last team that did it, the New York Jets, Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan back in 09. Um, Joe Flacco, ironically, and Coach Harbaugh did it in 08. Mm. But since 09, it ain't been nobody else to do it. And that shows you how special this team is. We're talking about record-breaking performances by CJ. We're talking about the defense. We talk. We could talk about the tale of two halves. The first half that was all offense. The second half, that defense came out there and said, "You know what? <laughs> we're ready to eat too. We're gonna eat greedy." The tale of two halves really. You know, I think it was the Bobby Slaughter game. It was the D'Amico Ryan's game. I think that in one half. Bobby Sloak showed and what he wanted to do and how he wanted to execute his offense in the second half. I don't know what uh, D'Amico Ryan's told him at halftime. Mm. But I, I I can imagine it was something along the lines of, remember when we played them the last time and how they dogged us out and how they made our offense look. God dog it, I need for y'all to go do the same thing. Joe Flacco is 132 years old. Go out there and dog him out, Christian Harris. Go out there and dog him out, Stingley. Go out there and dog him out, Cashman, Perriman, uh, uh, Will Anderson, Derek Barnett, John Grenard. Welcome back. Go out there and dog him out. And that's what they did to the dog pound. Yeah, it ain't no fun. You can't have none, right? To the dog pound. Now for the Houston Texans, the Cinderella, Cinderella story, story continues. Baltimore or Kansas City is up next. I'm going to say this right now, man. Cody, if you don't mind, <laughs> it don't matter who the Texans get. Mm. Now, it'd be good to go ahead and get that revenge on Kansas City, who is probably the more beatable team out of the two. It'd be okay. It'd be good. But I'm going to tell you right now, bring on the MVP. Mm. Bring them on. And let's see what Baltimore could do. Look, I'm with you at, at this point. I'm 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 getting to the point, man. Watching this team, watching their belief, watching how hard they work, work, man. Um, I'm with you, man. To me, it really don't matter who they play. Me personally, I want Kansas City because we all know what took place the last time they was in, in inside Arrowhead Stadium, um, in the AFC divisional round. But this is a completely different team with better coaching, by the way. Um, and even when you take a look at Baltimore, man, um, I know that's going to be the toughest matchup, and it's going to be the most realistic matchup, if we're being honest, because um, due to the weather um, in Buffalo. 
that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers has been rescheduled to tomorrow. So uh, we're not going to find out until, what, about 6 o'clock tomorrow afternoon to see where the Houston Texans are going to go. But um, once again, me personally, I want Kansas City. But I would much rather, in a way, play Baltimore because it's going to show you one thing that this team has been harping on ever since the season opening loss to Baltimore. They are not the same team, and they have gotten better. By the way, John, they showed the coast that they got healthy. They showed Mm -hmm. the Browns that, Mm -hmm. right? I, I I love your analogy, calling this a Cinderella, Cinderella type of run. However, I'm not signing off on that, man. Because you normally say that to teams where it's like, okay, you just got lucky this one year. Everything just went your way. And, you know, we don't see you replicating this performance anymore. No, forget that Cinderella, Cinderella, Cinder, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. This team is here. And it doesn't matter what goes on the rest of this playoff series. This team is going to be something special. 2024, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 30, 31. I think we are about to see, I'm not going to say the next dynasty, but the 2020s, I think we could call this era, mm-hmm. the Houston Texans about to stamp their name in this in, in this era of NFL history, man. Let me you just know say that you right now. You know what's funny? Every year people have New Year resolutions. Mm-hmm. And and the New Year resolution for Nick Casario, remember that press conference that was so bad? It was like, is he going to leave? Is he going to get fired? What's going to happen? Oh, man. The New Year resolution for Nick, for Nick Casario was to lose weight and get fine and get pretty for this team. We get this team fine, I'm gonna lose some weight. I'm gonna drop about forty pounds. I'm gonna get pretty. I'm gonna I'm gonna start answering the DMs again. I'm gonna start feeling myself again. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna look good. You know, if I'm, a, I'm you know I'm, I'm gonna put on some muscle. I'm gonna do all of that. And then a year later, you're like, oh man, you know what? People do like me. I am good looking. I can't go out there and put 45 points up on the number one defense in the NFL. Number and by one. the way, by the way, number four was on the sideline. I, and know, I, know, I know. He was looking over like, dang, <laughs> I should have stayed. By the way, by the way. We wouldn't have got CJ Stroud. Really quick before closing, man, you know, you already mentioned number four was on the sideline. Going back to CJ Stroud really quick. This is what he did against the Pittsburgh Steelers. New Orleans Saints, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now the Cleveland Browns. You're looking at, what, four of the top six defensive teams in the league? No, I'm just looking at those those four. Yeah, You're looking at the top four, top four, somewhere in the ballpark, the top four to top seven defensive teams in the league. C.J. Stroud went out there and averaged 312 yards against those teams and went 4-0. That's all I got to say. In the words of Brevin Jordan, in the words of everybody in that locker room, yeah, we believe we could win because we got seven back there. Stamp it. Stamp today's episode of the Locked on Texas podcast. Thank y'all for stopping by. We saw a couple of comments. I wish I had longer shows. This would be one of the days where we (laughs) wish we had longer shows as well. Maybe we can do 45 minutes. There's so much to talk about. So back tomorrow. Right. Make sure you come back tomorrow. We got more to talk about with this Texans game. Because there's a lot of takeaways, but I think overall, real Texans fans, we cover the team, man. And being around this team during the lowest of lows, mm. it is great to see the NRG Stadium back to where it was. Mm. Thank, make sure y'all listen to the Locked On Texan podcast throughout the week. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Follow the Locked On Texan podcast at Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at Locked On Texans.
And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.